You're listening to Jewish Matters with Rabbi Jonathan Feldman. Uh, this is our pre-election series, as Shana said, for the sunset series. And uh, oh, I don't have the sunset. I got to give you the sunset. Hold on. The books make you look very studious as well, Rabbi. So which sunset or books? I don't know what happened. Uh, my background. Okay, we'll do that later. In any case, um, so uh, unfortunately... Uh, Michal Shir Segman, who we had uh, booked to join us tonight, is going through corona quandaries and uh, probably going into quarantine. So uh, we have Jonathan Javor, who is also on the uh, New Hope list. Uh, and he's going to be speaking for us tonight and taking our questions. He also happens to be a Tel Avivian, part of our uh, Ole community, and part of uh, Tribe Tel Aviv, and uh, our Am Yisrael Foundation event. So, John, it's great to have you here. So, let me give you a little introduction. Uh, Jonathan Java was born in London, and he moved to Israel at the age of 12 with his parents. After his service in the IDF Tank Corps, he returned to London, where he got his BA in war studies, okay? an MA in Intelligence and International Security from the Department of War Studies at King's College. Don't mess with this guy. In uh, 2008, he returned to Israel and began working in the government. He worked, has worked for several members of Knesset. Jonathan focused on legislative affairs and staff management, using these skills to write and pass several high profile bills during the time. Upon leaving the Knesset, he focused on local government, worked to rebuild the Klita Department of the Tel Aviv Municipality. And for this elections, he is on the Tikva Hadashah, the New Hope list. And uh, John, great to have you on. You're gonna demask for us. Okay, there we go. Shane opponent. Uh, so John, uh, let me start uh, with some questions. Uh, why don't you de-mic and uh, demute, and uh, you'll be able to answer them for me. So. First of all, just tell us a little bit more about how you got into politics and um, do you feel like already you've been able to make a difference? So first of all, thank you so much for, for having me this, this evening. Um, as, you, as you mentioned, as you all can see, I, I'm not Michal um, and I apologize and Michal apologizes for that, but um, as is the situation, um, she was forced to go um, into quarantine, into self-isolation, and between sorting out house kids and getting a corona test, uh, she wasn't able to be with us this evening, um, which is a shame. She was looking forward to it, um, and I know that uh, in the future she will um, she will be with you here, and uh, hopefully it won't be during elections. Um, how did I get into politics? Um, to be honest, it's something I, I've wanted um, pretty much ever since I can remember. I just didn't know how to do it. Um, when I when I finished with the army, I went back to London already. I was studying uh, political strategy and, and um, in, in studies, um, which was a lot of international relations and and, um, and 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 intelligence, how the idea of intelligence works, and and, and how you build uh, narratives and, and, and campaigns and, and ideas. Uh, when I came back, 
um, I didn't, I didn't, I don't come from a, a, a family that's connected politically or, or, or involved. Um, and I started going to different events and I'm going to sound maybe a little bit, uh, older than I look, but, um, you know, Facebook was still in its infancy. There was no mass events on Facebook and it was rich. It was look for events that were published in newspapers or that you got to know someone who was involved and. I went to a lot of events with uh, quite a few different parties, both left and right. Um, I started doing my, 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 my homework. I was reading Herzl. I was reading Jabotinsky. And, and it was when I went to an event for the Likud that the, when I went, um, it, was, it was welcoming. It was, it was with open arms. And it didn't matter, Ashkenazi, Sfadi, religious, secular... It's amazing that you're here. You're 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 living the Zionist dream, and 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 that's what the Likud was when I originally came and joined the Likud. Uh, it is very much not that today. In fact, it is exactly the opposite. Um, um, them and us, rather than uh, all of us together. Yeah. Uh, but, um, in fact, it was it was when I met Michal ten years ago. That, um, that she got me more involved and uh, helped me become a parliamentary assistant in the Knesset, where I started writing legislation and worked very hard on my Hebrew because um, at the end of the day, uh, my first job in Israel, I got fired after a month simply because I didn't have good enough Hebrew. Um, they said, we like you, you do good work, but we can't correct your Hebrew every time you write something. And I got fired after a month and I worked very, very hard. And while I was working in the Knesset, I, I really decided, I really discovered a, a, a more of a, a love for campaigns and creating the big ideas and, and creating a vision of not just how do we put a plaster on a broken leg, but what's our vision? Where do we see ourselves in five years? And, and when we say to the public, this is what we're going to do, how do we convey that message? And then how do we actually do it? How do we keep our word? Um, which is something that more often than not in in this business gets forgotten and um, language besides the language uh do you feel like there's been a culture shift that you've had to go through as well um for sure you have to be um you have to be more aggressive um you have to be um willing to to speak mm -hmm. up and, and you have to be you know not just sit there politely as we would normally do um but when you've got something to say, say it, not be afraid to make uh, mistakes uh, and not be afraid to take the opportunities. When, when the door is open, the, the doors aren't half open or, or, or ajar. They're either open or they're closed. And, and, and especially in Israel, when a door's open, you have to barge in. And that was tough to learn how to do. Uh, but ultimately, um, and it's one thing that will stay with me for, for, for forever. And it's something that I always... I had, I was lucky, you know, I had chance, I had, um, the option was there and, um, and I took my opportunity and I, in everything I've done, whether it's been when, when we were building up TLV internationals or whether it was doing Yom Aliyah or whether it was redoing the, the, um, Klita department in Tel Aviv, it's making sure that Olim, us, have opportunity so that when your door is open, 
you have the tools to barge right in and grab it and grab it hard and hang on to it because making Aliyah should be the best decision you ever make. Um, and it's, it's our job to make sure that it's something you don't regret. And it's something you, you, you're not just here to live. You're here to survive and thrive and build a career. You don't want just a job. You want a career. You want to be able to build a family. And these are the things that um, I take with me from my experiences to make sure that I never forget who I'm trying to help and why I'm trying to help people. Thank you. Um, so let's jump in. Uh, new Hope is a new party. What were some of the challenges of being part of a new party? And you already hinted where you came from. Uh, what kind of brought you over to the party? And then that'll lead us for you to give kind of a bullets of what uh, your message is, what your party's message is, and what you guys hope to accomplish. So, uh, luckily, when 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 uh, I'll start again, um, I hadn't worked in Israeli politics for, for a number of years. Um, I was working mainly around the world um, on campaigns for, for, for in different countries. And last year, uh, December two thousand and eighteen, nineteen. Um, Gidon, who I've known, Gidon Sao, who I've known for many years, um, said he was ready and uh, asked that we all come back and help him out. And we, we genuinely believed that we could bring back the values to the Likud. Likud is nostalgia and a name. All the values that, that, that were there have gone and it's become a vessel to serve the interests of one man. It's become a vessel where, um, where it's almost kind of fitting that, that, that uh, Likud talks in absolutes and we're called New Hope and, and I'm sure you're all going to get the Star Wars references. Um, but um, it really is, came down to about serving BB and his interests and not the public and not the values that Likud used to stand for. New Hope is a liberal party. It will continue to be so Gidon Sal is a natural leader who believes in those uh, values that the Likud once held dear and has forgotten. Um, and Gidon Sal is the one person today who is, is the only person. Sorry. Can you tell us what those are? What is that? Values. Mean? What are those values? So we believe we believe in we believe in stability. We believe in unity. We believe in free market economies. We believe that at the end of the day, we are here to serve the people. And when, and when, when a party is in power for too long, it ultimately becomes corrupted. And that's why one of the first bills that we're going to bring to the floor once we win this election is to limit, is to have term limits, is to bring back the, the is to reform the legislation uh, in, in, in Israel, to, reform, to have judicial reform, to bring back the faith in our institutions, to bring back the faith in ourselves. And to bring back the unity, which has been eroded for so long because Likud has spent years and years and years teaching us on how to divide rather than to connect. What are some of those uh, judicial reform measures that the party would hope for? Right. So even for me, I, I, will, I will admit that this is, um, it's complicated because the Israeli system is complicated. But let's start with, um, with, with the basics. In Israel, 
the chief prosecutor and the general attorney is the same person. It is inconceivable that the guy has to decide how to prosecute and how to defend at the same time. That's the first thing that has to change. We have to separate these two positions. There is no way that this person can do their job, either one of them, in a, in a, in a professional way without being used by the system, simply because he is the system. And when you have separate these two positions, that the AG, sorry, the GA, the, sorry, the AG, the Attorney General, and the Chief Prosecutor, two separate uh, positions, then you have an institution that can prosecute and an institution that can defend. At the end of the day, the Yoetz Mishpati, the Attorney General, he has to be the government's lawyer, and he also has to be the government's prosecutor. This is not a way that we should be doing things. Um, this, and as the second main thing that it's going to happen is we're going to decentralize some of the powers of, of central government, give it back to uh, local authorities. At the end of the day, local authorities know their cities. They know what's going on much better than central government does. And these, um, and by doing this, by decentralizing, we'll be able to have much more effective uh, government throughout. Thank you. That was uh, very informative. Um, can you give us another uh, platform, another issue in which uh, you feel it should be changed? And what would those bullets be? Of? What, what are the points that need to be addressed? Uh, we, uh, we said we were going to touch on the economy. I don't know if there's something. For sure, nice. no, for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the economy. Um, we are going through Israel's worst economic crisis in its history, and for months, we're gonna come out of Corona one way or the other. We're gonna come out of this. Personally, I would like to see us come out united um, rather than a divided people. But we're gonna come out of this. For months, the government has refused to make long-term plans. The government has refused to look into the future. Instead, it has given people um, money just to stay at home instead of encouraging people to get back to work. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, I, I remember one incident when we were sitting in the uh, finance committee and uh, there was a bill on the table to give subsidies, to give grants to businesses to help them get people back to work. It was Michal, in fact, who, who added an amendment to say that, okay, even though we're giving to big business, they cannot, they cannot give that money in dividends to their shareholders. Within minutes, Israel Katz, the Minister of Finance, came running to the Knesset, and he's, he's not in the best shape, um, and blocked the bill. He blocked the amendment to say that, uh, that big business wouldn't be able to, to, to take dividends. Before the ink was dry on the bill, big companies like Fox and Opticana, big companies like this, had already uh, taken out millions of shekels in dividends. Goes again to show how the government has just failed in its duty to provide the safety net and to provide the plan that public needs and requires to get us back on track. Um, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to create grants and incentives to employers so that people can go back to work. Okay, At the moment, if you sign up for unemployment, it's great. I must admit, it's nice to get 7,000 shekels a month just to sit at home. But at the end of the day, 
most people would rather go back to work. And at the moment, they have no reason to. If you had unemployment until July next year, without questions being asked, you've got no incentive. So the first thing we're going to do is to incentivize through grants uh, to the businesses to get people to go back to work. And again, we'll make sure that it's not going to the shareholders, it's going to the workers. The second thing on that we're going to be doing is to create, in conjunction with, um, with businesses, a retraining program. A lot of people, like in any uh, crisis and recession, they're going to lose their jobs and their jobs won't be available when it's time to come back. And instead of just sitting going, oh, well, no, it's our job to help people, especially people who are already in their 40s and 50s who have had their careers. And, and, and a lot of the time we find that um, businesses will just say, well, you're just too old. Well, we don't believe that. We don't believe that for one second. Um, so we're going to create systems to retrain so, and work with private sector so that we know where to retrain, how to retrain, what jobs need to be filled, not just create more um, managers and, 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 and secretaries just to fill jobs. No, we want to get people back into tech. We want to get people back into industry. We want to get people back into, into a plethora of, of, of fields. And we're going to have to all work together, government and private sector, to make sure that this is um, being done. Um, that's Thank you. In, in with, with one more thing I want to add, um, because this, this has been driving me crazy for years, and um, I'm really excited that Guidon has, has placed an emphasis on this. Um, when we win, the first things that are going to go in government are the fax machines. No more fax machines in government. You never, you're never going to send a fax again. It's not happening. There's going to be a digitalization of all government services. This was, a, by the way, this was a bill that was passed. Oh, my years goodness. Ago. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> this was a bill that was passed years ago. Years ago. This isn't new. We're not, I'm, I'm not claiming to create anything new here. I'm not coming out and saying, and saying that, um, that I'm creating something new. This was passed years ago, and Netanyahu's government has done nothing. Nothing to get rid of fax machines. When they tell you that you have to send a fax, um, and you say, well, can I send you an email instead? And they say, no. Um, or you can come to a government office and wait in line for three hours. No more waiting in line. No more fax machines. This, is, this will be a digitalization of government services so that the, the small business owners, the, ind the independents can go and manage their businesses effectively, efficiently, quickly, because that means they're spending less time on bureaucracy, more time on their business, and as a result, they're putting more money in their pockets. Thank you. Um, back to the biographical part. So could you give us a little window inside? You said you were sitting in on the finance committee. Uh, someone who's kind of at the beginning of your career starting to rise up. How does someone, how did, how did that come about? And, um, and uh, you know, if you're not a big name, how can you still have an impact? So on the, on the issue of the, of, the, of the finance committee, I was, uh, like I said, I came back to Israeli politics a, uh, just over a year ago when, uh, when Gideon uh, uh, asked and I, I without hesitation, um, jumped to come back and help him. I've, I've known him for almost a decade and um, it's, it's not that it's, it, this isn't politics. This is just me knowing that he is the right man to take Israel out of this crisis. Um, 
And I, as a result, I, I um, was advising Michal uh, on, on <clears throat> several things. And one of it was, part of it was working in the Knesset committees. And I remember one, one, one day she got called up to the finance committee, you know, mass crisis, uh, over a million unemployed, uh, Corona's going nuts. We get called up to the finance committee and there was one item on the agenda, just one. I thought, great, maybe, maybe, maybe there's going to be incentives. Maybe there's going to be grants. It was tax refunds for Netanyahu in millions of shekels. That was the one item on the agenda. Um, I'm happy to say that was the one time I refused to go to the finance committee. Uh, we turned the car around and obviously the bill didn't pass because Likud did not have a majority uh, on the vote in the committee. Um, and that's, that's, part of, uh, that's part of politics. But working in the, in the committees is um, so it's about can, knowing... Just to drill down a little more. So Michal was a member of Knesset at that point, and you were... Michal was a member of Knesset at that point. Michal was a member of the Finance Committee. And you she were also a member of... Staff with her. And I was, and I was, and I was working uh, as, as an advisor to her. I was working as her chief of staff. And um, the whole time we were, we were trying to move forward. I'll give you another example. Of th- one of the things we, we tried to, we were dealing with, uh, optometrists something I'd never dealt with before. And turns out that optometrists were defined as essential workers. Now, it's okay if you're a big company, but if you're a mom and pop shop on the high street uh, and they said you're uh, essential, which means you had to open. Now, during the lockdowns, how many people were going to buy new glasses? Maybe one person broke their glasses. They needed to have them fixed. Maybe one person needed to uh, get their eyes checked, but they had to be open which means they had to pay our nonna council tax. They had to pay electricity. They had to pay water and they got nothing in return. So they had all the expenses and none of the income. And we, we brought this matter to the finance committee to make sure that people understood. No, okay. You're even, you couldn't even choose. Okay. I'm essential, but I choose to not go in because it's not worth my while. You couldn't even choose. And again, Likud was just saying, no. Leave it as it is. And this was a fight that, that actually took us um, two, three months to get them to come around and realize. And I know, I know it's bashing, especially because we were in the Likud and, and several times we got called traitors. And again, it comes back to this sort of absolute of you're either with us or you're, you're anti. And it's, like, it's not about um, black or white. It really is about remembering why you're here. Why, why, you're in, why, why are you here? Why are you in this building? I'm here because, because, you know, it makes me feel good. At the end of the day, you're there because you're there to serve the public. And if you're not working to serve the public, then you should really leave. And that's what we'd like to do now on the 23rd of March is make sure that Netanyahu leaves Balfour. Um, Gidon Sal is the only one who can form a coalition. Right? It's, it's, it's a crazy system that we have here. But we have three options out of this election. We have either Bibi continues to be prime minister, we have Gidon Saar as prime minister, or unfortunately we're going to end up with a fifth election, which ultimately leaves Bibi as prime minister. It's that simple. Those are our choices. And in no way can the Ayurveda form a coalition. As nice a guy as he is, I'm not taking anything away from him personally. He, hasn't, he doesn't have 61. 
He has people who will not sit with him, whether it's the, 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 the 16 seats that the Haredim have or the 10 seats that Bennett has. He has is that means he's left with Labour, Meretz, and the Arab list. Bibi doesn't have 61 because he has enough people who won't sit with him either. And the only person who no one has come out and said that they will not sit with him is Gidon Saab. He's the only one who can bring that unity and stability back to Israel that we so richly deserve and want. Thank you. Welcome from the heart. Um, Olim in politics. Uh, there's much discussion. Are there enough people on the list? Uh, can they break in? Are Olim represented? It's understandable that Olim do not have their own parties, I guess, except maybe Lieberman originally was. Uh, but uh, do you feel there is representation? Uh, do you feel, are there other ways in which Olim could form different types of blocks? Because it's normal that Olim are going to come from the whole range of political spectrum. So an Olim party doesn't make sense. But then how do you translate the needs of Olim and the uh, the mindset that Olim can contribute um, to politics, and are there ways that you feel you can contribute as an Olim? So, again, the Israeli political system works on on the on the idea of of, of blocks and voting ethnicity and where your background is from, which which always bewildered me. Um, you know, I, I, I remember I was I was working with uh, with someone on the left at one point, um, and one election they said, "What you 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 vote fully good?" And I went, "Yes, I voted for fully good at the time." It's many years ago still. They went, "But you're white. You know, you're you're a white Ashkenazi." And I went, "So what?" So Olim, Western Olim, we as you said, we don't vote as a block. We, we come here uh, and we have, uh, we, we're all over the political spectrum. And when political parties make their lists, they say, how many people, you know, is this person going to get me the votes? And it's, it's very cold and very brutal. And Western Olim are not viewed as a voting bloc. Uh, now, we've, we've been very lucky in, in recent years where we've had people like Michael Oren and, and Michal Kotler, who have represented uh, Western Olim very well in the Knesset. Um, but we now are in a situation where none of the parties have put an Ole uh, in a realistic spot. Not one. And we can say that's because we, we don't vote as a bloc, or we can say that's because we haven't become organized politically. Um, but I will say this. In all my years in, 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 in politics, and again, I, I'm, 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 I'm 39 years old. I've been in John, politics. John, we just lost you. Oh, hold on. Am I back? Am I back? John? I hear you loud and clear. Okay. Oh, okay. Am I back? Yes. Yep, you're back. Right. So I, I, I will say this. In, 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 in all my years, which is about 15 years, I'm 39 years old, uh, I've never once been an elected official. And I've managed to, whether it was... Uh, being part of a group of amazing people that created TLV Internationals or, or writing and promoting Yom Aliyah. Everything I've done, I've done not being elected. It's a great thing if you're a, a member of Knesset or, or a council member. It's 
you know, just, just to think how amazing that that feeling is to know that I made Aliyah, I wasn't born here, I came here and, and I'm fulfilling that Zionist dream of representing the people of Israel. That's an incredible thing. But it doesn't mean that we can't get things done even if we don't have so-called representation, because we do. We do have representation. We're just working with the people who sit in the committees and have to sit in the plenum. We're here. We're fighting every day. We're here. We're making sure that things are being heard. It was, you know, when we when we managed to change when Olim changed when we changed how uh, driving licenses are gone. It wasn't just because there was an MGA. It was because there were people behind the scenes working and explaining. It was because we used our own experiences of what we've been through to make sure that the decision makers themselves knew what to do. It is a great thing. It is, I'm very, very honored to be on, 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 on the New Hope's list. I really am, even if it's not in a realistic spot. But that doesn't mean our influence stops and starts there. It means we have to continue to work. Hey, it means we have to continue to do things. And it means we have to continue to work hard, just like we've been doing until now. And I promise you, um, where. Whether, whether it happens now or next time, there will be Western Olim back on lists. And the one thing I will end that question on is this. Being an Ole is temporary. Being an Israeli is forever. And we have to ask ourselves a question. Do we want to be an Ole who's serving the public? Or do we want to be an Israeli who can serve even more of the public? Very well said. Thank you. Uh, one more question, then we'll open it up to the... Uh, to the questions posted on the chat here. Um, what would be the uh, midterm strategy of the party um, if uh, Gidon Sar were to become prime minister? Would it then reintegrate with Likud somewhere along the, the way? So it's, a, it's an interesting question because parties rise and, and, and fall here um, um, but I think there's also a party machine of a Likud that's been around for so long. And, uh, right? So it's, it's, it's difficult to, to fight against a party that's uh, been around for so long, that's been in power for so long, and has built an infrastructure that just goes to serve its leader rather than people. But um, New Hope, you know, we, we, all, we all, if I, if, I go, if I go back to Star Wars for a second, we all thought originally there were three, three movies and Turned out there were there were nine. So um, New Hope is here to stay. It's here to stay for for quite a while. We we have made it very very clear. First thing we're going to do is to uh, bring in term limits. Gidon will be prime minister for either two terms or or a maximum of eight years, and Gidon will um, you know will open will open up the party and the party will 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 bring in new leadership, and it will continue to exist. Um, Likud may or may not may not exist, um, but we're we're not here to talk about Likud. What Likud does after Bibi Netanyahu retires is up to them. But New Hope is is the future of Israel. Bibi's best days are are behind him. Israel's best days are ahead of it, and New Hope's going to be leading those days. Thank you, thank you. Very well said. And uh, we're going to now open it up. I'll turn it over to Shanna. Hi. And we really appreciate you stepping in and uh, very impressed that, you know, you can just walk in and have all these issues on your fingertips. So we hope to see you going 
places in the years to come? Well, you know, just just make sure you tell people that you voted for New Hope, and then maybe they'll they'll shoot me up the list. <laughs> okay, thank okay, you. Great. Okay. Thank you, Jonathan. It is so important to uh, mention everything that you said, especially about all the work that's happening behind the scenes, underground. It's not just, you know, one piece of legislation gets drafted by an MK and it gets run through. Um, and I think it's really important to talk about that. As I am a, a TV journalist, so I know how important it is, you know, to give credit to everyone in the control room and everyone um, producing and the assignment editors. So I totally hear what you're saying about all of the people that, that work to make whether the story come true or whether it be a piece of legislation come true. So thank you for that. Um, let's get started by asking some of the questions that people wrote here in the chat. Um, let's start with this. I'm wavering, this is from Shaul. I'm wavering between New Hope and Yamina. Both are right-leaning, both have impressive leadership and seem to espouse free market policies. What would you say is your greatest differentiator from Yamina? Why should I vote for you versus Yamina? Right. Um, so I, I, I could give you a whole political spiel, but I won't. I'll, I'm just going to keep it simple. If you want Bibi Netanyahu to continue to be prime minister, vote for Yamina because Bennett will sit with Netanyahu. He hasn't ruled that out. He has been quite happy to uh, wait and see. He's been quite happy to to play the field in the hope that he'll become defense minister again in a Netanyahu government. If you want Bibi to be prime minister, by all means, vote for, the, vote, for your, vote for Naftali Bennett. He's a nice guy. If you want change, if you want stability, if you want unity, if you want new leadership, new leadership that isn't corrupted, new leadership that won't play games, new leadership that sometimes has been accused of being boring, but it's a boring that we need because it's a boring that is focused on serving the public. It's a boring that's, been, that's focused on making sure that we come out of the corona crisis properly. It's, it's a leadership that's focused on making sure we have a bright future. Then vote for New Hope and vote for Gidon Sal. That simple. Thank you. Thank you for keeping it short. Question. Um, I'm going to come back. Shaul has a few questions. So I'm going to come back for you and make sure that we get a variety of questions from different voices. Uh, Gideon Sa'ar avoided discussing climate change policy in a previous interview. Do you know what his stance on climate change and policy is? Uh, I have to admit that, that, that climate change has, is not one of the uh, issues that I am particularly strong on. I, I will be perfectly honest. Um, I, will, I, will, I will say this. Um, climate change is a serious serious issue uh for israel um there are several things that need to be looked at including um how we continue to make sure that um the the natural gas off our shores is pr both protected and 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 used well so we can help ourselves get off coal um we have to make sure that we do better by creating uh more incentives for for hybrid and electric cars to um reduce pollution in, in, in general. And I will say that um, the, the plan for, uh, he didn't avoid answering the question. He made it very clear that, that it, was, it was one or two days right before the, the uh, environmental plan was launched on the website. So I invite you to go onto the website, new, neworg.org.il, 
and read the plan in its entirety. Um, it is still at the moment only in Hebrew, but Google Translate won't give you the best translation, but it will give you the gist of it. So I do invite you to go onto the website and, and read it rather than I give you uh, misinformation or, or, or tell you something that's not there. Um, and I apologize um, for not being um, the most knowledgeable about it. But instead of um, just telling you stories, it's right there on the website to see. What's that website again? New or, newhope.org.il. There is an English website. It's 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 there. Um, the main seven points of the party are there in English. Uh, the only thing that is not completely in English, and we apologize for that, is the entire platform on, on, on in its entirety. Um, it will be there in its entirety in English in the next coming days. Great. Um, here's a question that... I resonate with being that this is my current situation as well. Here is a question from Jeff. Great to see you, Jonathan. I'm currently stuck in New York City since I do not qualify for any of the exceptions committee stipulations. I have had to postpone my return three times, and I am now at risk of being disenfranchised de facto. I know you are not in the Knesset yet, but is there anything you and your New Hope colleagues can do to get Israeli citizens back into the country expeditiously? I am completely in the same boat. I left months ago thinking that I would be back. I came for a wedding and um, had my flight postponed many times. And um, I, we, I just don't believe anything that I'm hearing about when the airport is going to reopen. And, you know, so it's very unnerving and hard to hard to plan so tell us what you can about that so first of all jeff i'm, I'm loving i'm loving the beard and and, and and the flowing hair it's very it's very jedi I'm, I'm i'm really loving it um so the first thing we need to do is is obviously go and vote for gideon Saar on the 23rd of march so we can get rid of this failed government and we can build a government that works um Second thing to do is to go vote for Gideon Saar so we can get Miri Regev out of the transport ministry um, so that we can put someone in there who actually does their job. Um, thirdly, um, Likud has, made, has, made, has, has basically allowed the situation to run amok. It has um, been slow on making decisions. It's then made U-turns on making decisions and it's um, basically allowed... Um, the, I wouldn't even say Israelis, even non-Israelis have been allowed in, whereas Israelis who, who, who should be allowed in have been stuck. Um, there, are, there are two committees, and I, 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 unfortunately I recently dealt with this because I had to deal with a passing, and, um, and, 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 I, and I, I got involved with helping to sort out someone to, to come back to Israel. Um, there is the Va'adat Harigim, um, which is the, the, the committee that you um, have to apply to to be allowed. Uh, nine times out of ten, um, they automatically say no. I'm sure um, some of you are aware of this. Um, because it's Israel, because it's this government, because it's this situation, feel free to send me on Facebook or, 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 or WhatsApp or Telegram or, or, or any one of those platforms, your details, and as... As of now, I will do what I can to, at the very least, make sure that your, your, your 
your plight is heard because at the moment no one's listening this government isn't interested in listening to you it's not interested in why you went or whatever reason it's not interested on how long you haven't seen your family or or or, or how you're getting back this government is interested in making sure that those who are close to it get in and those who aren't do not and it's a shame and i and i i eventually had to you know, this is this is unfortunate for Israel. Eventually, I had to call the head of the admissions committee in the airport to make sure that the person uh, who had to come in because her mother died uh, would be let in. Okay, and this is an Israeli citizen. This is a, not even an Olair where you could maybe come up with some cockamamie idea of why. No, this was the only way to do it because by filling in the forms, by calling up, um, they just weren't interested. This government isn't interested. Um, so until the 23rd, if you have a problem, send me a message. I, I will promise you that I personally will call every single person that needs to be called to deal with it. Because unfortunately, no one else cares right now. Certainly not in this government. But we will change that. And so, as far as I understand, they plan to open up the airport in, in uh, a week or so in, in general. So kind. Thank you, Jonathan, for that. Moving along, a question from Debbie. How is Gideon Saar's English? I have not heard him interview in English. Um, well, hi, Debbie. Thank you for the question. He, um, he recently interviewed with the Tel Aviv International Salon. Um, he he, he um, did an interview with, with 6,000 people uh, a week or so ago. Um, his English is very, very good. His English is incredibly good. The, naturally, because we, we've had Bibi for so long, if you think about it, there are 25, 30-year-olds who have only known Bibi in power. Um, we naturally tend to compare. Um, and let's be honest, no Israeli politician has the same level of English as, as Bibi Netanyahu. Um, but having known him and have been with him with many, many meetings, uh, his English is incredibly strong. Uh, even at times he's corrected me, which I find um, hilarious sometimes where, where I'll present something to him, to him and he'll say, nope, this is wrong grammatically. Um, but um, he was also last week, I uh, did an interview with Brookings and, and uh, I'm sure he, you may have seen his interview with Christian Amanpour on CNN a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he does do interviews in English. Um, like I said, you can you can go onto the New Hope uh, Facebook page where all the interviews uh, exist, and he will be doing more. I promise uh, that he will be doing more. And and anytime you 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 need more information in English, feel free to contact me. Thank you. Uh, another question: Israel's Declaration of Independence says that Israel will be a Jewish state that is democratic and gives equal rights to everyone. With the addition of the territories and East Jerusalem, it is not possible to meet all three goals. What is New Hope going to do about that? Will you give up democracy? Will you give up equal rights for all? Or will you give up being a Jewish state? So thank you, thank you for the question. So when, when the Declaration of Independence was written, uh, unfortunately, Judea and Samaria was not yet part of Israel, uh, and they didn't have to take that into consideration. Um, the short answer is no, we're not giving up on anything. No one's going to give up on Israel being a Jewish state. No one's going to give up on Israel being a democratic state, and no one's giving up on the rights of all its peoples. 
uh, no matter their faith, their background, uh, and no matter where they live. Uh, it is one country and everyone gets the same rights. Now we have, a, to be honest with you, there's a, there's a technicality where uh, people in Judea and Samaria are under COGAP um, and Israeli law does not apply. And Gideon um, Sal has been very, very clear that um, whether you live in Metula or Elat, in Tel Aviv or Ariel, same laws apply to every single Israeli. Sorry, I, I lost you there for a second. Your 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 audio just. Uh... Okay, how about now? Try again. Does New Hope intend to become internally? No, you don't hear me. It's muffled. Well, since since it's my question, I'll I'll jump in and ask you this: uh, Does does New Hope intend to become internally democratic, or is the party slate always going to be appointed by Gideon Sar? Thank you, thank you for the question. It's a it's a it's a, a very interesting question. The majority of parties in Israel today are obviously not democratic. Um, the could you, could you um, explain that, John? John, uh, so, I don't think it's obvious to everyone. So can you back up? Explain right. Okay. So let's. So we'll do. We'll do a little bit of. We'll do a little bit of a, a, a Israeli civics uh, class. Um, Israel has two types of political parties: democratic and non-democratic parties. Today, there are uh, three and a half democratic parties, and the rest are non-democratic. What does democratic mean? Very basic. Uh, the party members elect the 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 uh, representatives on the lists and in some cases uh which is mainly in Likud and labor uh you have central committee members which is kind of sort of george orwell of some people are more equal than others where um where they elect certain people in certain spots on the list and they can therefore also elect other representatives in other institutions that's a democratic party um so, for example, the 120,000 members of Likud, they elect the representatives on the list. They have direct elections for leadership. Um, Labour has around 60,000 members. They elect their representatives on the kind list. Kind of like a primary in the United States. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. The non-democratic part. So you just quoted that. Labour, which is a now a very small party, has sixty thousand members. Likud, which is a large party, has one hundred and twenty thousand. Why isn't it proportional? What does it mean to be a member of a party? Being a member and of a party is very simple. You pay your membership fee, pay your yearly fee, and you join the party. That's that's it. Where does the real influence come? The real influence comes from being a central committee member, and depending on your branch, each city has a branch. Okay. With the exception of Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv actually has uh, 14 branches fully good, um, which we're not going to go into why, but they have each branch, depending on the number of members it has from that branch, a branch is basically a neighborhood uh, community center. Um, depending on how many members you have in that branch, that determines how many cent central committee members are allocated to that branch. If I have 10 people, then I might get Three central, uh, three central committee members. If I have five people, I'll only get one type thing. And then as a whole, the central committee members 
vote on certain things that regular party members cannot vote on, but all party members can vote on who becomes a central committee member. Have, uh, have your brains exploded yet? No, we, we got it. We're here. We're with you. Um, that is how a democratic party works. Non-democratic parties are a lot simpler. You have a leader of a party and that leader through a number of different ways, uh, whether it's just because he, decide, he or she decides or because they have a, a committee that decides, did they decide on who's on the list and on what spot, okay? Um, new Hope as a new party right now is not a democratic party, um, meaning that Gideon Saar is the leader of the party and Gideon Saar has decided the list. Coming back to the question, will it become democratic? Uh, I will answer it this way. The first thing we are going to legislate is term limits. Gideon Saar will be prime minister for either two terms or maximum eight years. That is that. Once he is no longer prime minister, he is no longer also going to be the leader of the party and the party will change its leadership. And by then, the party will be working much more on a democratic um, platform uh, internally. Uh, but for a new party, like every other party, it, it starts through non-democratic means where we have um, uh, created a phenomenal list of people uh, with years and years of experience, uh, whether it's Dr. Ifat Shashabiton, number two, who, who has a background, she has a PhD in education and she will be our Minister of Education, or whether it's Zev Elkin, who for years has been a minister in, in the Likud government, um, Svika Hauser and Yoaz Hendel, who, who have, um, by the way, Svika Hauser has been a friend of Gidon's for, for 20 years. They grew up together in, uh, in Beital and things like that. Um, when, and, and Sharon Haskell, who has been a serving MK for many years now, and Michal Shir, um, who has been a thorn in, in BB's side for many years, um, despite having worked with him in the past. Um, it is a credible list of uh, both youth and experience, um, and um, it's going to be a list that's going to, it's going to change our future. It's going to, it's going to you know, we... It's a list that's going, to, that's going to remind us that we don't have to accept the status quo anymore. We don't have to sit back and say, well, that's just how government is here in Israel. We're going to come here and change things. And as, as we change things and as the party evolves, so too will our internal processes. Great. Thank you. Now, we just have a couple minutes left on the clock here before we have to say good night to everyone and give everyone the information that they need to contact us. Um, final question for you. Um, how is, how do you, how would you describe Gudeon Sa'ar? What are some characteristics about him? You say he's the right man, but why is he the right man? And I'm going to combine this with another question. Is he going to bring the country even further to the right than it currently is? Two minutes. Great. Um, Gideon Saal is unquestionably more right-wing than Bibi, but Bibi isn't right-wing and hasn't been right-wing for years. Um, Gideon Saal will create a, a broad coalition because that's what we need right now. We need to bring our country and our nation together, and you have to do that through broad coalitions. So it's not about right or left. It's about 
working completely together with everyone so that we can have the right policies that bring us safely and efficiently out of this crisis and build that better future that we're promising. Because, you know, a promise is all, is all, is all nice and everything, but as politicians, we know that people tend to not believe us, but we, we, we are going to make good on these promises. And as a result, we're going to need that broad coalition. Why is he the main, why is he the right person? I've never met anyone who's been so dedicated to, to the country and the ideals that, that we stand for. We, sh we should never accept the status quo. We should always be aiming for higher. And I've never seen someone who, who, who embodies that sense of, of, of constantly trying to do, to, to aim for higher, that we can be more, we should be more. This is a man that grew up getting uh, geography lessons from Ben-Gurion. He's been preparing for this his entire life, his entire adult life. He's been working, he's been in government for 20 years. He's been cabinet secretary. He's been a senior minister. He sat in the, in the uh, security cabinet. This is a man that has the experience. This is a man that has the knowledge. And most importantly, this is a man who genuinely cares about what happens to Israel, what happens to our people, and what happens to us, not just tomorrow, but next week and the week after that and the week after that and the week after that. Uh, I have never met someone who's, who's, who's so smart, so quick, and cares as much as he does. And that is why he is the right person. And I, and I again, and I'll, and I'll end with this, if you want Bibi Netanyahu to continue to be prime minister, you know who to vote for. But if you want change, yes, the political system here is, is complicated. Some would even say it's stupid and doesn't fit the 21st century. But it's the system we have. And if we want unity, if we want stability, and if we want to put an end to a corrupt government, to a government that serves just one person, Gidon Saar is the only person who can bring that change. He is the only person who can create a coalition. And otherwise, we'll be back at a fifth election, which means Bibi continues to be prime minister, which I'm pretty sure the absolute majority of us do not want. So please, please, on the 23rd of March, go and vote for Gideon Saar and New Hope. Our, our sign is tough, um, the letter tough, because God forbid in this country, we actually have the names of the parties instead of letters. All right. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Thank you, Rabbi Feldman. Thank you for all of the participation that we had here today. We had great, great engagement and participation from everybody who came. And just by, I just want everyone to give yourself a little pat on, pat on the back, because just by being here today and dedicating one hour to listening to our public officials and the people who work with our public officials, we um, are getting so much closer to having a democracy. And what we need for a democracy is engagement from the public. We need our public officials to do the right thing. And of course we need journalists to write it down. And so that's where I come in. So I, yes, Jonathan. I just wanted to say, I'm sure there are a few more questions. If any, if any, if, if I apologize, if we didn't get to ask your question, but Shauna, I will, I will send you and Jonathan my details. And if people want to follow up and write ask us questions, um, please feel free. Um, because it doesn't stop with uh, with just a Zoom, and I want to thank you and and for Jonathan for allowing me to be here. Email on the uh, chat here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put it up. Uh, put, your, put whichever details you feel comfortable with in the chat. In the meantime, everyone, if you need to reach out to Jonathan, his contact details are about to show up in the chat. 
I want to bring your attention to the Tribe uh, Tel Aviv Facebook group, Facebook page that we have. I am always posting updates. For example, today we had to begin one hour later than usual. I posted that in on our Facebook page. If you would like to be emailed and you're not currently on our email list, please put your email details into the chat and we will get you set up there. I also have my podcast written down there, the Israel Daily News podcast. I produce it independently. It's a news wrap of the top five stories coming out of Israel every day. It's energetic and every show ends with a song from an up and coming Israeli artist or musician. And then we also have Rabbi Feldman's podcast, which has the audio version of our Sunset Series talks like this one. We upload the audio there. And he also does great weekly talks about the Parsha, as well as highlighting really interesting leaders that the Jews have had in Israel throughout history um, and, and other Jewish leaders that have really made a difference in the world. So everybody, you can find those links there. Thank you so much for being with us. And we will be back here again to on um sunday rabbi are we back together next we're, sunday we're we're going to announce the uh, schedule it'll be sent out in the next couple of days we're going to send out our schedule but we do this weekly and we encourage everyone to bring a cocktail or bring something to nosh and drink and uh bring your questions as well so thanks for being with us everyone have a good evening thank you again john thank you for having me good night